This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. More than 300 bills passed the just-finished legislative session, including one that has the intent of improving educational test scores. What it's going to do is it's going to help improve literacy, uh, return the science of reading to K through three classrooms. That story and more coming up this West Virginia morning. Support for West Virginia morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. The 60-day legislative session ended Saturday night in a quieter fashion than normal. Both chambers finished up all of the legislation they intended to pass on Friday and spent Saturday hammering out the differences. Our news department covered the session extensively for the legislature today, West Virginia Morning, and on our website. Sunday, while the session was still fresh in everyone's mind, the news team came together in the studio to do a final wrap-up. News Director Eric Douglas spoke with the reporters on legislative duty. He starts with Chris Schultz. First up is Chris Schultz. He's our education reporter, but he was also covering the Senate almost exclusively through the session. Chris? Yeah, that's right, Eric. Uh, and, and education really was uh, the last word last night, or, or one of the last words. We saw at the very last minute uh, the passage of House Bill 3035, which was the, the verbiage that was being used, the, the vehicle for uh, the Third Great Success Act, which was one of the tentpole bills for not just the Senate, uh, but but uh, Speaker of the House Roger Hanshaw had had a very pivotal role in, in making this happen. Um, Superintendent uh, David Roach had a very pivotal role in making this happen. I mean, we had some very key players behind this bill. And in this final week, it was very much in doubt. I mean, there was a lot of interplay across uh, uh, the chambers where we had the original bill uh, completely reorganized by the House Education Committee, uh, necessitating what was uh, originally a Senate bill to become a House bill with uh, some very technical changes, uh, I, I mean, literally in the final days here. Uh, there, there, it was a lot of somewhat unusual manipulation for for the normal legislative process on that one particular bill for some reason. But, yeah, as, as I was just saying, I mean, literally within the last 30 minutes of the session last night, if I'm not mistaken, 45, if, if I allow myself a little bit of leeway, uh, that bill finally passed. The the two chambers agreed. And, and now, I mean, that money's in the budget. It, it's going to become law. And But explain what that does. What it's going to do is it's going to help uh, improve literacy, uh, return the science of reading to K through three classrooms. And part of how that's going to be achieved is by bringing in uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of assistant teachers and reading coaches into those early classrooms to really uh, lower the ratio of students to educators and also just generally really put an emphasis and a focus on these critical early childhood skills like literacy and numeracy. As the the legislators presented at the beginning of the session when they were talking about this, after the it, the first through third grades are pivotal because after that, if, yeah. if you don't have the reading skills, if you don't have those skills. There is a market drop in uh, um, academic ability and, and just uh, life skills overall if you are not uh, approaching at the very least uh, uh, you know, the age uh, and, and grade level for reading and numeracy at the third grade. If you're not hitting those benchmarks, uh, then, then you're probably going to be behind for the rest of your academic career. And next – Curtis Tate, uh, you're our energy and environment reporter, but you were also following uh, House Bill 2007. Tell me about that a little bit. 
Yes, uh, House Bill 2007 is uh, like a lot of bills in other states that uh, attempt to restrict um, the availability of uh, gender-affirming health care for people under 18. Um, I I think what's different, though, uh, about how how things went with 2007 uh, in West Virginia uh, is that, that there was a very active group of people like doctors, uh, counselors, parents, um, affected individuals who came to the legislature and they said, hey, look, uh, this, this will have a detrimental impact on, on, on real people. Uh, and, you know, I, I think in part uh, their voices were heard. Um, they, uh, they mounted a big protest um, on Thursday. It was very loud. It was very visible. Uh, and then the next day, um, the Senate uh, adopted an amendment that basically created a narrow path uh, to allow for some non-surgical treatment uh, for minors, um, hormone therapy, puberty blockers, you know, with some very specific restrictions attached to it. Um, I don't think there's any other state uh, where similar legislation has been considered that has carved out an exception like that. So West Virginia may be unique that way. Uh, and it, it, if, if so, it may speak to the power of coming to the legislature and, and making your, your voice heard. That was reporter Curtis Tate speaking with Eric Douglas about the legislative session. After our break, we'll hear from the news team about bills they were watching during the legislative session. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 749. Cloudy today with rain and snow likely. Highs in the 30s and 40s. Scattered snow showers tonight. Measurable snow likely in the eastern mountains. Lows in the 20s. Mostly cloudy and breezy tomorrow with snow possible. But mostly sunny in the eastern panhandle. Highs in the 20s and 30s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Taurus Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TaurusSaveAlaw.com. And by Ali at WVU, offering in-person and online classes for older adults. Statewide Zoom options available. Info at Ali at WVU.org. Now we're going to return to the discussion of some of the bills our news team was following throughout the legislative session. Eric Douglas starts it off with Randy Owey. Randy Owey, you covered the House of Delegates for us, and uh, you're our government reporters. So now that the session's over, you don't get a step away from this either. But uh, um, tell me what you were following this session. Well, I kept the close eye on Senate Bill 10, which was the campus carry bill, and it was very contentious. As Curtis said, there was the same kind of groundswell of opposition to, to this bill that would allow people with a concealed carry permit to bring a handgun to certain places on campus. You know, you still can't bring it to a, a stadium or you can't bring it to a disciplinary hearing, and I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I think um, that's a fair idea. But, you know, there was a big public hearing, and it was like 37 people against two for it. There was 72% of West Virginians didn't want it. Universities and uh, colleges didn't want it, yet it, yet it still passed. I would say the, the key difference between what you're talking about and what Curtis is talking about 
is there was no change. It's still it's still passed regardless of that, that and, pushback. And, and now the repercussions happen there. It's very much concerned with mental health on campus, which is tenable at best right now. There's concern with the security. Some of these universities may have to pay anywhere from a half million to a million dollars for a little school like Concord or something like that to put the security in. In the dormitories, you can't have it in your dorm room, but you can have it in a public place, But so they'll have to set up lockers. So so um, the, 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 we're just going to follow this and see where it goes from here because it's not done by any means. And what we heard from pretty much everybody when I went around and asked, what didn't we do, what didn't get accomplished, Corrections. Uh, pretty much everybody said that, you know, with this 33% vacancy rate and people leaving by the day because they can't deal with working in corrections and spending $40 million over the last two years to bring the National Guard in to help, we didn't put in pay raises. There, there wasn't a whole lot done to better the system. Everybody said, we'll attack it next year, but things are even going to get worse. Next up, Emily Rice. Uh, your first legislative session Tell me what tell me what you were following. Well, I was following health bills and one of the biggest components to that would be the reorganization of the DHHR. Uh, as my colleague Randy Yoey just mentioned, uh, the state has a lot of issues with not a lot of workforce. So that's one of the big issues within DHHR was uh, vacancies within the, the department or at least according to the McChrystal report. To go into ancient history, uh, the DHHR has long been troubled, but came under fire in recent years for those staffing shortages and other problems, um, including the care provided to kids in foster care systems and people living in state-run hospitals. So it really pulled at the heartstrings of the general public when they found out about it. Well, yeah, there, there are some counties that are no child protective services workers or just one for an entire county uh, and and huge numbers of, of complaints, too. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of legislative action uh, besides the actual bill itself to split up the DHHR, which will now be split into the Department of Human Services for programs like Child Protective Services, a Department of Health and a Department of Health Facilities for facilities like state-run hospitals, which is why they also are ready to act within Senate Bill 679, which uh, updates rules in behavioral health licensing centers. So the DHHR put out a press release last week that they are ready to uh, be in compliance with that. And they also passed legislation to reallocate CPS workers by population. So Emily, tell me, there was another bill that, that you were following that didn't pass in the in the final hours. Tell me about that. So this is a bill that we really hadn't heard a lot about uh, in the recent weeks of the session here. But it was revived by Tacubo, uh, Senator Tom Tacubo, in the last hour, and it's relating to removing the requirement to report an ectopic pregnancy. Now, that's in relation to the state's Unborn Child Protection Act, which a lot of people are calling an abortion ban. Uh, the bill was taken up, sent straight to third reading, and was passed by the Senate, but no action was taken by the House. So it just died in the... Essentially, but it, it feels like one of those that we're going to hear about in interim sessions and next year. Caroline McGregor, uh, this is also your first legislative session for us. So uh, it is. T- talk to me about what, what you were following this session. Well, I was watching Senate Bill 187, which basically makes it a felony offense for a school employee or volunteer to engage in sexual relationships with a student. 
Um, that's at a public or private elementary school, and it is regardless uh, to age. You know, the house houses version did have an amendment um, that wanted to inc include colleges, and um, but the Senate did not want to concur with that. So um, the House Judiciary basically would have added some provisions to cover scenarios that would have included, for example, a school, a college uh, professor with a student. And I, um, I think that was 18 and 19-year-olds, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. Um, so somebody basically in a supervisory uh, capacity. But eventually it's, um, you know, the House receded and they passed it 93 to 0. And uh, it it's it stops it's to you know prohibit or make it a felony for anybody in a supervisory capacity to engage in sex uh, with a student. We did hear on the the House floor though they, the, uh, a couple of the legislators said that they they were going to accept this they f felt it was an important bill but they planned to come back next year and and maybe add in those those additional. Uh, yeah, there was some controversy, and I know. Um, uh, a delegate, Larry Kump, was concerned about it. He said it was one of the toughest bills he was working on. There was some confusion over concerns about, you know, what would apply to the workplace with regards to the age versus to colleges and schools. So it, it became, you know, a little bit confusing for some, but that's why they eventually decided to just go back to what out, they yeah, originally and, and all, Yeah, go back to what it originally, a very close version of what was originally introduced. That was Caroline McGregor, and just before her, you heard Emily Rice and Randy Yowie speaking with Eric Douglas about some of the key bills passed during the legislative session. That discussion simply scratched the surface of the session. To learn more, visit our website at wvpublic.org and search for The Legislature Today. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. <music>